This is a Brain Bites episode. Each week, we share two things we learned the past week and how you can implement them in your life. So, let's get into it. Brain Bites 10, we're here again to look at what we learned this week. Sam, how are you? Going uh, very well, Kieran. How about yourself? I'm, uh, I'm dandy. Olympics. Obviously the vibe. Australia. Fourth in the medal tally. Kicking goals. Winning medals. Swimming well. This is all, all we want. Above. So all we want. We also want to know, what did you learn this week? So uh, I've, uh, I think I've got an oldie but a goodie. And I think one that I've known for a while, but again, it's a classic disconnect between knowing and applying. It is based on what a guy called Cyril Northcote Parkinson published an essay that looked at a mathematical equation for describing the rate at which bureaucracies expand over time. Now, that appeared in The Economist, but what was born from it was Parkinson's law, that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. Now, I think people can associate with this, but it's the classic case for a lot of people, definitely me. Most people, when it, if they're given three weeks to do it, they'll complete 80 to 90% of the stuff in literally the last three or four days. But it resonated because I had a few tight deadlines and I was like, ah, good old Parkinson's law strikes again. And it happens. And it happens so often. And the work it, work contracts or expands in crazy ways, which is why people do so much the night before an assignment's due. We never did that, ha- mate. What are you talking about? We were the best students the best workers, about. everything. Or maybe sometimes even the day after. Who cares? 10% late penalty. Put it on my transcript. It's <laughs> Turn there. it in. Oh, awkward. How how does it actually work though, the Parkinson's law? Yeah, and it basically means that we basically have like immediate gratification and delayed gratification a lot of the time. And so it's also near and far transfer, which is what they call in psychological circles, which is very, very hard to internalize the immediacy of something that is far away, right? It's like planning for a trip that is three months away. We're like, ah, but it's three months away. It'll be fine. Mm, Don't worry about it. And like the classic case is if you take a two-hour task and you allocate four hours to get it done, you'll obviously spend four hours, not two hours. And that's where your point is really, really astute on the contraction part as well because horseman's calorie is work contracts to fit the time we actually give it. And so I think what we want to be mindful of is like a study that actually was shown as well, quality versus quantity. There's a study called Creating When You Have Less. And in the Journal of Consumer Research 2015, when faced with scarcity, people use resources in less conventional ways. We talk about innovation by necessity. But what that means is if we're able to contract a time and be very accurate with that, we're more likely to be creative as well. Creative constraints breed mm. creativity. I know, the limiting reagent, mate, as they say in chemistry circles. The limiting reagent. Wow, we just got science real quickly. (laughs) And if we've lost anyone, please come back because there are ways you can use this in real life. I know Sorry, chemistry tutor, old habits. (laughs) Can't help yourself. So how would you use it? That's the question then. How do you use it? Sorry, mate, you cut out for a while there. Oh, shit. Well, let's just assume it was, I'll cut this, but three, you said it was like three or five, three or five. You said chemistry tutor. Yeah. And then you said, and then you can just say how, how can yeah. transition? How can we use it? So outside of the classroom and uh, science tutoring, how would you use this? Yeah. So I think there's three practical uh, ways to go about and shout out to Nest Labs who helped me formulate this as well. But I think the first one is time blocking. You know, the idea that you have an hour to do this specific task and just note that 
making those constraints really clear and putting it in your calendar is absolutely vital. Um, the other thing though, is stopping work at a specific time. Now, this is one I really struggle with, but having a lot of shaping of the environment to say, hey, six o'clock, you know, computer's done, whatever it might be. The one that I really liked practically is working without a computer charger for your last stanza so that, you know, you work, you put your computer charger away and that's the time that you've got to actually complete the relevant task. And I think the other one to note is setting public deadlines and countdown timers. And what all these things are here to do is to create urgency, create scarcity, but make it very public and in your face so that you register. Here's the amount of time I've got. Here's the amount of time it's going to take. And even if you go slightly over, you're anchoring yourself to a much closer destination than one that is far away. So actually building those constraints, that Parkinson law into something that's either visual or real and happening right in front of you to leverage Parkinson's law of work expanding to the time allotted by making that time allotted, you're very, very obvious how much you have less. 100%. Can I ask? This is off the cuff, mate, because I I have to. Is there any other ways that you use Parkinson's law out of interest or that you've seen people? Yeah, the, the... the big ones is timers, really. Yeah. Time timers is the big one that I've seen used or people use. And I actually like putting your phone on do not disturb and then having a timer on the screen mm. or countdown timer, like like whatever your preference is. I find that's that's one that works for me pretty well. Um, mm. Or sometimes I'll do a timer and I'll put it, I'll actually put it away from me so I can't see it, but I know it's impending. Oof. We're being generous today, mate. And That's like four or alarm. five brain tools for one part of this. Look yeah. at look at there's, us go. There's a couple of different things you can do there, but there are ways of getting creative with it. But what about you? Do you have any unique ways of? Oh, I think I think honestly, you've hit the nail on the head. I think it is definitely the use of the calendar. That's the one that I've really appreciated. Yeah. It's not in the calendar; it's not happening. But it's actually now making hey, here is my two hours of specific deep work. So I don't just say deep work; I say deep work. This is the task as a reminder, and that uh, that makes it a lot more specific. Um, and I mean, you know, I did present study skills for two or three years, so you bloody hope I'm practicing what I preach. But I digress, Samuel, to oh. put this onto you and flip the question as we always do. What did you come across this week that was new or novel? So this past week I was having a bit of writer's block and anyone who's ever written anything, which is every single person in the world, because writing is essential for life, will know the feeling of when you sit down to write a paper or an essay or an email or some marketing materials or some content and you just you're just stuck you're just Mm. absolutely stuck and you type a word and then you delete it and then you sit and stare at the page and you get angry yourself i was having one of those moments and then i read this it was from one of the greatest copywriters of all time gary halbert and he said when he used to get stuck to get out of his funk he would actually copy other successful examples, other successful marketing examples out by hand. So he'd write them out by hand. And it brought back this idea of learning by imitation slash emulation or kind of potentiating your ability to do something by watching someone else do it first. Mm, It reminds me so much of Gerardian mimicry, right? Which is like we mimic people all the time, but mimicry can be the ultimate form of inspiration. Um, especially when you're in a little bit of a funk. So for you, what are some examples of this, given you've just gone through writer's block this week? So one of the examples for this was look at look at the best examples of whatever you're doing, whether that's yeah. writing an essay, whether that's 
you know, writing a landing page if you're in marketing or writing an email or maybe you're writing a speech. Go look at the best examples in that particular space. Or even if you're creating a video, you can look at great videos and then just spend some time watching them and internalizing them and trying to recreate them. And the idea is that when we copy these best examples in our mind or physically by hand, by writing them out, we're actually activating the same neural pathways required to do this thing as a person who created. We are reliving that creation process. And in doing so, we're kind of potentiating our ability to do it. Like you said, um, with Jordan mimicry, <clears throat> it's actually helping our brain find those neural tracks to complete the activity. And what you'll find is doing this a couple of times, as I did, really start to get you in the groove that when you move over to try and do your own version after you've done a bit of practice and try to copy and emulate, it's so much easier. It's just so much easier to start. Yeah. The the whole idea of, as you said, neural priming, it just reminds me of like, you know, we like inspiration to happen to us, but you've actually got to work for your inspiration in a way. It's like, you'll have a connection that will be made when you look at what the greats did. And I think that's exactly what you did, which is aligned with the neuroscience very nicely. So moving mm. forward then for you, because writer's block is going to happen again, my friend, <laughs> it's going to happen to all of us. It always does, but we've got to continue to show up. How are you going to use this in your life moving forward? So this is the one that one thing I found really useful where if I'm stuck now, I, I have like a file of examples for a whole bunch of different things related to writing my work where I'll just go copy out for five to 10 minutes, some of those examples. And I'll usually write them by hand and dissect them and look over them. And then I go back to do my work and suddenly it flows because my brain has access to now all these patterns and these schemas and examples of, of what I should be doing to draw from in order to, to create my next thing. But to get an example outside of writing, because perhaps you don't write, not everyone writes. Yeah? Not all of us are writers. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe you're a speaker and what you could do is watch great speakers give speeches before you're about to speak, to potentiate. If you're creating videos, what you could do is you could watch some amazing video breakdowns or some videos shot really well before you go to create your video. Whatever your skill set is, I, I've even done this crazy example. I've even done this for basketball. So I used to watch videos of Steph Curry shoot before going on the court. And I actually found there was, I wish I had to track this. There mm. was a directly measurable improvement in my shot accuracy after doing so. Wow. Yeah. So you're basically saying you're Steph Curry. <laughs> exactly like <laughs> Steph Curry, except a lot shorter and 10,000 times worse than basketball. But <laughs> a man can dream. A man can dream. <laughs> yeah. That that notion, I think, as you said, because I love that word you used of dissection, right? Which is like, it's not just enough to copy straight away. That's the what, but how they do it and why they do it as well. And if you mm. can get to that sort of mental model, so to speak, of whether it's writing or so on, a really clear framework and principles, that means it's, uh, you can get inspiration from anything as you start to make connections between the underlying principle and what you see, which makes it stickier, as you know. Well, absolutely. And it's also using that that concept of you know neurocoupling or neurosynchronization or mirroring of the activity that you want to emulate because by watching other people do it or interpreting and internalizing that process, you're activating the same pathways they would have to create that work, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So basically when you are having a little bit of a block in whatever creative endeavor you have, whether it's speaking, writing, it could be even playing a sport, look at what the greats did. 
look at what the greats did. It might be a video of them. It might be them speaking about their craft. But if you do that, you're leveraging neural priming, which is massive. And what you're able to do is then take what they are doing and copy it in a certain way, but obviously looking for that deep-rooted principle, as you're saying, behind it, so that when uh, yeah, writer's block is there, it's akin to breaking down the wall and jumping over it and then running again to encounter the next wall, which is just around the corner. <laughs> Cliff notes, but Kieran, fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Mwah. Very bellissimo. And if you are liking our summaries there, if you're liking Brain Bites, if you're liking Brain Tools, please don't forget to subscribe on whichever podcasting platform you're on. If you're on iTunes, we love a review. It really helps us get seen and help more people. Or if you're more of a social person, you're a social media user, heavy user, uh, guilty as charged right here, you can go follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, or even TikTok. Uh, Was there anything else? Yeah, Dad, this week, Kieran? Not at all, but I will say, I think people should go to the website as well, braintools.com.au to check out all the past episodes as well. And if you've got questions for Samurai, we'd love to actually hear as well how you might be applying these two things in Mm. your life or any other examples. So shoot an email to sam at braintools.com.au or kieran at braintools.com.au, very original, clearly. Send in any question you might have and we're more than happy to answer it. But that's it for for Braintools or other Brain Bites number 10. That's it. We'll see you next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Brain Bites, and we'll uh, see you on the next episode.